Okay, so you know where we're going to go. We're going to go to the book of Philippians, all right? And I'd like to just draw a couple of things together this morning that we've, um, we've shared already in uh, the way that we've talked and prayed for these guys. But um, I've got some notes for you that will come up on the screen. We're going to look at Philippians, the first uh, chapter. We're looking at Paul's amazing prayer that he prays for this church. And uh, we're looking at verse 3, and he simply says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. So I did, thank you, I did uh, speak last week about fellowship, Sometimes this is word uh, here that partnership is translated fellowship, depending on the translation, but it, it means kind of there's a consistency in the translation. But th today I'd really in, in, like to draw what we've already been engaged in, in terms of talking specifically about partnership in the gospel. All right? And if you read this letter of Philippians, it doesn't take very long to see that it was a singular passion of Paul's life to see the gospel spread wherever he could spread it. And it's also the thread that runs through this whole letter, and it's the glue that holds the whole letter together. And when Paul speaks about the gospel, especially in the Philippian letter, he's not just talking about a body of teaching. He's not just talking about a message that we tell others in terms of salvation. He really is connecting the word gospel to the person of Jesus and to the work of Jesus. So to preach Jesus is to preach the gospel. Above all, the gospel is about Jesus. And so Paul connects the gospel in this powerful way to the person and the work of Jesus. And are, these words are interchangeable, and I'd, I'd encourage you to remember that as we read this letter together. And what Paul is doing in this greeting is he's, he's thanking them for their partnership with him and is their continuing partnership in the gospel for the furtherance of the gospel and so there's already this long association that he's had with with they've had with paul and so he's saying they're participating in this deep kind of connection that has to do with this message this body of teaching and it's more than that and this is what they're engaged in together and it's very likely that paul is also speaking about their personal partnership with him so it's not just in terms of the gospel out there, it's with people practically that he's working with and he's thanking them for that. And uh, after I've finished um, preaching this morning, we're going to pray for some people uh, from our church that have been partners for, with us for a long time. And Roger and Renee are leaving us today and they're going to Australia to join Jackie and, and Donnie in Australia. Uh, Donnie helped us uh, renovate this, this um Amazing building, and he's been living in Australia for the last number of years. And Roger and Renee are going to be leaving us. And so there's this very real sense that they have partnered in a real way with us for many, many years. With their prayer, with their finances, with their support. They've partnered with us personally. And so it's with a happy, sad, a happy, sad heart this morning that we send them out uh, as they go and start a whole new life in Brisbane. So... I've got four very simple things that I'd like to draw out of this portion, and I will do it in the next 10 or 15 minutes, all right? Very simple things we can learn. First of all, partnership in the gospel is the best kind of partnership. 
Why do I say that? Well, because ultimately we partner with Jesus. He's the great apostle. And so primarily we are partnering with Jesus in the mission that he has for the world. And I love 2 Peter verse 1, chapter 1 verse 1, which says to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and our Savior, Christ Jesus. So we have this partnership, this equal standing in our partnership with Christ. And from the very moment that you are saved, you begin to share in this partnership from the very first day. So we partner with Jesus, the great apostle. But we also partner with people. We partner with other people that are preaching the gospel and spreading the good news of Christ, just like Paul was doing in the ancient world. So for us, our partners at the moment are people like Buna and, uh, and now Claire. And you've met Andy, who's now in Romania. He was part of this church. He's um, leading a Bible college in, in the east of Romania. Uh, Michael Eaton passed away a couple of years ago, but we still partner with Jenny, uh, his surviving widow, and support her in Kenya and East Africa. And in a local context, we partner with people like Young Life. You see Beth Ann and Michael there. Uh, we partner with 267 and Step. And then there's another picture up there of Wayne and Renee Neuper down in the right-hand corner. They're very dear friends of ours that you'll meet in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, he's coming at the end of October just before we leave for Cambodia. And he's been working into Germany and Russia and Greece and many parts of, of uh, Europe. And he's just a great guy. And you're going to get to know him. We're going to begin to partner with him. And then there you see uh, Ruth Elliott. Uh, we also have some uh, work with, that we were working with her in, in Phnom Penh. She's got this, this ministry called Daughters of Cambodia that res rescues young women out of slavery, of sexual slavery, prostitution. She's an amazing lady. And believe it or not, she's, just from, she's from Chorleywood, just up the road. When we, when we met her, we discovered she was from Chorleywood. And then our friend Andrew Ollerton, that you, you know, he comes and preaches here regularly. So these are the people that we're partnering with. We're trying to say, okay, we're all in this together. There's this great message the great apostle has given us to proclaim and to live out. But in the same way, we are partnering with real people who are doing the same thing. All right? And it's a privilege to do that. Partnership in the gospel is the best kind of partnership. Secondly, partnership in the gospel means that you understand personally what the gospel means for you. That you have taken the message that Christ has given and it's applied to your own life and you are learning to live in the gospel yourself. And the fullness of that. And I, it, it, it's such a wonderful promise and privilege uh, that is available to all of us, and I, I long to see every single member of this church grip the promises of the gospel, the, the freedom of the grace of God, and begin to live it out deeply in all of our lives. And so I want, I've listed a couple of things that the gospel is. Just remember, every time you think about the message of Jesus, it's a free gift. You didn't deserve it. None of us deserved it. It's a work of grace. It all starts with Him. It's initiated by Him. We don't deserve it in any way. And our confidence in the fact that we are saved, that we are justified, the confidence that we have is simply this, that Jesus died for our sins. R.T. Kendall, who's preached in this church many times, said, when you get to heaven, on what basis can you be confident that if God was to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? You could simply answer and say, it's the blood of Jesus. It's got nothing to do with me. It all started with him and ends with him. It's the blood of Jesus. That is my confidence. 
and the confidence that we can have in the privilege of being sanctified is this, and again, I'm going to quote Michael Eaton. This is the privilege that we have, that we learn to walk by the Spirit deliberately, and as we walk by the Spirit deliberately, we fulfill the law accidentally. Amen. We just hear the voice of God. We obey the voice of God, and as we love Him with all of our hearts, we automatically will do the right thing because it pleases Him. You don't have to live by rules. You want, to, you, want to, you want to obey the rules? Just love Jesus with all of your heart and you'll automatically want to do the right thing. That's the point. That's the privilege that we have of living by the Spirit. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite portions in the Bible. Romans 8 verse 1. Let me remind you of that again and again and again. There's no condemnation for you. The devil will come and accuse you and I'm not saying there's not going to be accusation. You know there's accusation from without and from within. Your own conscience and the devil accuse you. But in all of this, we have a heavenly advocate, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, who says, see my son, he's not guilty. No condemnation for him. No condemnation for you, if you aren't Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be any tribulation, hard things. We all go through hard stuff, don't we? But the great promise is greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. So what Nicolene shared this morning, we can take courage. He is doing his thing. And it's not going to be overcome by anyone or anything. He is sovereign. The sovereign Lord of all creation is perfecting his promise for the universe and drawing all things and saving many sons to glory and many daughters to glory. Amen? doesn't mean that there's nothing in you or I that doesn't deserve condemnation. It's true, we've all sinned. But it doesn't ruin us because we run to the cross and we run to the blood of Jesus and we simply say, Jesus, it's your blood that washes me and saves me. And it doesn't mean that there's no discipline because for the mark of our sonship that we are in Christ is that we are saved, but God is determined, inexorably determined to make us more and more like his son, Jesus. That's our destiny, to become sons and daughters, just like Jesus. And so everything that is not like Christ, He disciplines out of our lives so we can become like His Son. And so I want to encourage you with that. Know what the gospel means for your, your own life and live it out. Live free of accusation. Live free of these things because the grace of God has done that for you and He's done that for me. Thirdly, partnership in the gospel means deep communion with each other and absolute passionate communication of the message. All right? There's this thing that we looked at last week, this kononinia, this, this deep fellowship, this warm, authentic love in the people of God. And I said to you last week, I want to say it again, let this church not be a dry toast family. Yes? My big fat Greek wedding. Let it not be a dry toast family. Let there be warm, authentic, authentic love in our hearts for all. Not just our favorites. Just those that speak the same language as us. The same nationality as us. The same color as us. No, a warm, authentic love for all of God's people. Paul said, I started with it this morning. He writes and he says, I have no one like Timothy because Timothy, out of all the people, takes a genuine interest in every single one of you. Not just his favorites. Every single one. That's an authentic community. 
where you're reaching out with all of your heart to every single person that God is adding. That's the fullness of the Spirit living on the inside of us. It's easy to be with people that are like us. It's the ones that are not like us that we need to learn to love. Come on now. I know it's challenging, isn't it? It challenges me, but that's the truth of the gospel. The fullness of the Spirit liberating us on the inside that we can fully love everybody. This is the message of the gospel. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. He says we need to be generous in our behavior towards everyone and not just those that um, we know. He says if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship we have kononania with one another. Amen? That's what Jesus says. So there's this warm, authentic love. No, no dry toast family, all right? And then there's passionate communication of the gospel, of the message. And we all have these amazing, amazing promises and privilege and hopes, which are ours from the very first day. And so let's make it clear to everyone at every opportunity to, I love Galatians, which we, which we studied Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 says we clearly portray Christ to everybody. And the, the word is placard. It's like you take a massive billboard and you hold it up so everybody can see who Jesus is. That's what he's saying. He says you, in, in your own life, through your life, through your testimony, your friendships, you are lifting up Jesus like a billboard that everyone can see and you confidently proclaim him to everyone. Lift him up. That's what we give ourselves to passionately. Warm fellowship, passionate proclamation. That's the third thing I like to say. It's true partnership in the gospel. And the fourth thing, lastly, I'm finishing with this. Our confidence in the gospel is that Jesus will complete the good work that he started. And I had a look at that last week. And so I just want to kind of summarize what I said, because it's not just a general reference to all of the church. The good work of the gospel must produce fruitfulness in the church, undoubtedly. If we are preaching the gospel, there should be converts. There should be new churches being planted. Uh, absolutely. It's true that the church that is established in the gospel will endure until the end of time. And Christ has this, uh, the, 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 the scripture is full of this amazing picture of the mystery of the church that God is going to finish and complete this massive project that He has for all of the universe, which is built on a rock. It's built on the rock of Christ. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All of that is true. Absolutely. But what Paul is speaking about here is about specific individual people and his confidence is that the grace of God will be completed and the work of the grace of God in their lives will be completed. And that's what I tried to say to you last week. Last week. It's a good work. The work of grace in your life is a good work. It's a magnificent work. I've said this many times, and some of you are probably bored by now, but it's the grace of God that transforms you from the inside, from the inside out. It's a good work of grace that we become more and more like Jesus, that we can enjoy God in the way that He wants us to enjoy Him. It's the Produces, can I say to you, the grace of God in your life will produce the greatest possible good in your life. It can only do you good. It will only do you good. It's a good work. Secondly, 
We said last week, it's a work that God starts. We don't begin it ourselves. It's not possible. Why do I say that? Because Not because we don't have a will, but because we are dead. Outside of Christ, we are dead. And dead men produce nothing. Why do I say that? Because Paul says in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, you were dead in your trespass. You were dead in your sin. It means you've got no life in yourself. You are dead. And then Jesus comes and rescues you. And you become alive. Amen. Come on. Pentecostals are going to sleep in the back row. <laughs> a dead man can do nothing to bring himself to life. A dead man needs to be brought to life. And this is the power of the gospel, that dead men cannot produce life in themselves. Only the power of Christ in dead people brings them to life. You get it? Amen. You were dead in your trespasses. In, in, in chapter th- uh, 2, verse 13, it says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your heart, God has made alive together with Him, with Christ Jesus. That's forgiven all your trespasses, all your sin. It's a good work of grace. It started by God. It's continued. It's begun now, but it's not finished here. We are all imperfect, but one, one day we will be perfect as He changes us by His Spirit. And we looked at it this last week. He will complete the work on that day of Jesus' final appearance. Our confidence in the gospel is that Christ will complete the good work that He has started in your life and in my life. Gospel partnership is the best kind of partnership. Gospel partnership means communication of this message in a passionate way, but it also means deep communion with each other. Gospel partnership means personally understanding what the gospel means for you in your life. And it's the best kind of partnership we can have because we get to partner with the great apostle, Jesus, and we get to partner with each other. Amen.